0: It's been so amazingly life giving to be surrounded by people who are also seeking to make the most of every day and opportunity that they're given. I've always just been a very past oriented person. Whatever is happening in the present is framed by what I've experienced in the past. And I'm like driven to live the present so fully because one day it will be the past. That's like my driver.
1: to Gumption. This is a very special episode. As you know, if you've been following us, it is our 20th full-length episode, and it is the season finale of our very first season, which happened to launch exactly one year ago today on August 14th, 2022. And I have to say, guys, when I started Gumption, I had truly no idea what I was getting into from a logistics standpoint, like how to edit audio how to market a podcast on social media, how to connect with your listeners and find that right community and all the technical stuff like the microphone, the software. I didn't know any of it. I just jumped right in with a lot of passion and enthusiasm to interview people in my life that were inspiring me and doing really cool things and share those conversations with the world. And since then, I've been so blown away by the support and the community that has grown out of Gumption just by sticking with it and curating some really amazing guests to be on the show and share their stories of Gumption in their lives. So this is to say, while this is the end of our first season, there is much more to come. Season two is going to be bigger and better than ever, featuring all kinds of amazing guests, new segments opportunities to connect with this community in real life, merchandise, just all kinds of fun things. And I literally can't wait to start revealing some of those things to you guys bit by bit. But for now, I want to jump into this final interview. I literally saved the best for last because I recorded this back in May. So I've been ruminating on this one for a while. But one of the reasons that I wanted to have this be the last one of our first season is because way back last summer when I was coming up with the brainchild of gumption like thinking about how I might bring this vision to life I was thinking about different communities both online and in real life that really inspired me and that I felt really embodied what I was trying to do with gumption and one of the ones that came to mind was lonely Ghost. now I know that I have spoken about Lonely Ghost on the podcast before. For those of you who don't know, it is a brand founded by influencer, videographer, and fashionista, Miss Indie Blue. And she created this brand several years ago, originally as Indie the Label, but it evolved into Lonely Ghost, which has become such an amazing community. You may have seen some of their really popular items like text me when you get home hoodies and I love you say it back sweatpants and their whole sort of comfy vintage vibe just really encourages people to connect with each other through the sayings that are very thoughtful that are on all of their clothes and through a series of in-person events that they've hosted, I've just been so inspired by like all the people who have come from so far just to participate in and believe in this community, and that's something that I ultimately think Gumption could grow into, but I was really grateful to have kind of connected with some people through social media that are also part of this community, one of whom is the amazing Miss Elena Booth. Now, I've never met her in person, but I reached out to her on Instagram because I truly just was very inspired by her work. She's a very talented videographer, and I think the way she captures life so candidly and so vividly is something that really should be treasured. So I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk about her experience of moving across the country and working in the field that she does because I think the way that she shares herself on the internet is very vulnerable and it's chaotic in the best way. It's fun. It makes me happy and joyful and want to interact when I see it. So that is the exact type of person that I think is really living gumption in real time. That being said, I want to let Elena introduce herself. And one of the first questions that I asked her when we started our interview was, what do you do? Because she just seems to really do a lot of creative things and always be on a new adventure. And I love that so much. So I wanted her to say it in her own words and me not put her into one category. So let's jump right in, guys. Last interview of season one. Here we go. What do you do, Elena?
0: I think it depends on who's asking you, like what what answer I give them. Someone who wants to just hear an answer, I just give them an answer. I'm a videographer. That's all you need to know. If someone that I really care about or actually am like friends with asks me, it's a lot more complicated and I'm usually pretty quick to share that it's difficult for me to define what I do or what I want to do or what I want to be or what direction I want to go in. It always kind of comes back to, I think about that Emma Chamberlain quote where she's like, scratch the rule book. And I think that's where a lot of our generation is and where a lot of people like Gen Zers or people that are just entering the workforce are kind of being like, wait, this doesn't make sense for my happiness. Like, this doesn't align yeah. with what I think I'm supposed to do here. And in the past, not everybody has had the choices that we have now to really make careers out of like nothing. Even I, like, I got in a fight with my grandpa a couple years ago, and he was like, you can't just run around and do whatever you want all the time and make it into a job. And I was like, yeah, you can, Yeah,
1: now you can, in today's world, you can, and that's like definitely something that people in older generations, I think have a really hard time getting behind because they see like the instability of it. Whereas we're like, it is endless possibilities. Like I can be in one state today and be in another country tomorrow, working on different projects. It isn't impossible to make that into a career.
0: Yeah. And he actually came back to me this year. I've, I'm now a year post grad, but it was pretty recently that he was like, actually, we got in a fight a couple years ago and I owe you an apology because somehow you figured out how to run around and do whatever you want, make it into a job. If you just forget the rule book and you just look at your life like a canvas rather than I got to get here. I got to get to this point. I got to. And like you look at it kind of like a ladder." It's just not sustainable for long-term happiness if you're trying to go linear. Or at least I'm a very like multi-passionate, dynamic, creative person and I don't want to niche down. That's like that's that's like everybody who just wants wants a simple answer is gonna, I think, push you to niche before you're ready to find that thing nothing's gonna change you know even when I do figure out okay this is gonna be my thing it's gonna change in a couple years so ebbing and flowing is more the style
1: I like that and I think also just the emphasis on doing it like you're not gonna know until you're out there actually doing the thing whether you like it or you don't like it or you want to do it for a long time like Maybe you even try something and you absolutely hate it, but at least you can have the experience under your belt and say, Well, okay, I, I did do this and like I learned some things, but now I'm going to pivot in this direction. And I think that's definitely what's very limiting about the corporate traditional path. And not to throw any shade on that, but it is just kind of like you said, going up reaching these goals step by step and the goals likely are not even established by you and related to what you want and what's going to be fulfilling for you. They're kind of just like these set goals and then once you get them, it's like, well, what did I do though? I'm just following this path that was laid out for me by someone else. I want to also circle back to the career of being a videographer because at least that's what you're doing right now. How do you like it? Like, What is your day-to-day look like? I know that's probably a loaded question because I'm sure you're doing all kinds of different stuff, but what's the synopsis would you say?
0: Yeah. So my main job is videography slash directing. I mean, a lot of the videos are completely like concepted by me and scripted and, you know, brought to life. I think videography is very event based and you just capture what's unfolding versus like directing is here is the story that we're going to tell and how we're going to tell Mm -hmm. it so I do about half and half of both I have like been in love with it for five years and don't go anywhere without my camera and I have always said I just am so grateful that I get to learn about the world through a lens and like it's my job to build trust between me and the other person. And there's this camera in between us. That's actually been my favorite part of the job is developing that skill of making people feel comfortable enough for me as their friend to come capture, you know, whether that be their wedding or whether they're like telling a story in their music video. I just love it. I guess the dark side of it, the thing that I don't like is the editing process, but truly I'm starting to realize like no one does yeah
1: as someone who fancies herself a writer I think I would completely agree editing is always the worst part because it's taking that raw idea that you had and having to perfect it but it sacrifices bits of it that maybe would have been cool if it was just for the sake of art but like to accomplish the goal of whatever it is like a wedding video or like a music video there are parts that probably have to come out but that was such a nice moment you know editing sucks but taking which moments sucks. to go in
0: and it's really isolating versus the other part is like extremely like extroverted editing is more isolating you just have to sit with your computer and so i often will have to like force isolate myself like i'll have to this is dramatic but I'll have to like get a hotel room and be like, I'm not leaving until this is done. And this is a business expense because I have to do my business in here. But like, I literally have to isolate myself to that level. Cause then I'll, if not, I'll be like, oh, distract, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> a lot of creative people I find are like that. There's just so many ideas at all times. You have to like, really lock yourself down <laughs> when you need to get something done. And it's, it's crazy, but I've been there. I totally feel you. But that's really cool. I think just getting to experience people's significant events and also, like you said, the storytelling side more in the directing realm is like just two sides of the same coin of getting to showcase beauty and joy and all these wonderful things that we experience and getting to actually document them, I think is so important because we all experience them, but those feelings can be fleeting and having a video that you can turn back to and watch... And just like oh. feel it again, that's so powerful. So I love that. I'm obsessed
0: with having documents of time, and it. I think that it gives me the sense of peace and can honestly control over the passage of time that I'm holding on to it. it. It happened, and I can show you. You know, so getting to do that for other people and giving them documents of some of the best days of their life or of their artwork is really, really special. It it makes you be in touch with whatever feeling you're going for when you're creating. You have to be super emotionally in tune to whatever you're capturing, which is another cool thing. Um, I'm just going on about it now. I just love it and think about it and write about it a lot. So
1: No, I love that. I really think it's interesting the way you put it about time because that's so... True. I have 29,000 photos in my camera roll and everyone's like, you take too many photos. I'm like, no, I don't. Because when you need that screenshot from six years ago, I have it. But also I have all the fun memories of us running home from the bar and a picture Mm -hmm. that was blurry and maybe not Instagram worthy, but it's the memory that conveys those feelings. So I think Mm -hmm. the fact that people are becoming aware of the importance of That documentation is a really cool thing because I feel like, I don't know, 10 years ago, that just wasn't as prevalent. And maybe that's due to social media. Maybe it's due to like just us advancing in our technology of cameras and video cameras and stuff. I definitely think it's becoming more widely accepted as a need that we want to capture these moments and we want to have like quality footage of all these wonderful things in our lives. Yes. Yes. So cool. I don't want to ask you what your favorite project is, because I think that would be a really hard question to answer. But what is, I guess, a project that has really surprised you, whether it was the result or just the experience of doing it? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious if you have one that comes to mind.
0: Yeah. Immediately that comes to mind is a music video I did with my best friend. Her name's Adeline. She's a musician. And... I feel like I've really gotten to see her step into her different phases of her music career. We just spend so much time together coming up with ideas and always just dreaming about visuals for her music. And so we shot this music video back in February for her song, Does She Know? And it was just the most synergistic experience there was so much unspoken knowing of what to do and it it just felt so natural for us because we really went into it with no plan and just like rented this kind of nice camera and got an Airbnb and was like we'll just get some pretty shots and then throughout filming it we came up with this storyline of this woman in isolation going through like a separation or a divorce or a breakup, whatever it is, and thinking Mm -hmm. about the guy she used to be with in a new relationship. So that's where the storyline took itself. But throughout the process of creating, we just don't have to speak. In the like the behind the scenes videos, I I will give her like one word cue and just be like, hey, crazy. Hey, psycho. (laughs) you know, that's all that I have to say. And she just trusts me and I just trust her. And I, I think that it really shows in the final product. And I have to say that it's probably the piece that I'm the proudest
1: of to this date. That's so cool. And the fact that you guys are best friends too. I mean, that unspoken communication exists in every best friendship in its own way, but to like use it towards creating something is something I've never thought about. That's very cool. Also, I just love that that storyline came up organically just being together. I'm sure it has to do with the lyrics of the song and the mood of the song too, but that's just really interesting. The fact yeah. that you kind of went into it just thinking about the visuals and and all of that unfolded. I I need to go watch that music video now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think another
0: thing about that video is the camera that we rented and the Airbnb that we got were like probably 300 bucks. And it does not look like a $300 music video. It looks like a very, a very high production value for what it was, um, which was two best friends just running around. Um, and I think that's like another thing that like ever since I moved to LA, some people are like, well, I need okay budget and I need this and that. And I'm like, no, just like get a camera and shoot something. You you don't need to be limited by all these things that you think that you need. If if you know how to do this, then you can do it with a camera and that's it. Frankly, yeah. you know? like, if you know how to tell a good story, then all you should need is a camera. Sorry. Hot I
1: love that. I think about this with the publishing industry a lot because I was an English major in college and I had some professors who were authors and they had gone the more traditional route of going and getting their MFA in creative writing and then making connections through that seminar. And then ultimately those were the people that connected them to a publisher and they worked on a deal and published a book through there. But now you can publish a book on Amazon. You don't have to do that. I mean, sure, it's nice. It has benefits. But if you really just are passionate about getting out there and getting started in your craft, like whatever it is, you don't have to follow all these rules. And I guess it's going back to what we were saying earlier, but you just have to do it. And I love that. Yeah, just start. You're a freelancer, right? You would consider yourself a freelancer. How does it have an element of stress as far as kind of making it work? Or do you find that it just flows easily and things come your way when you need them, if that makes sense? Yeah,
0: this is a question I get a lot because it looks like on social media, I really just run around. And that's majority true. I really am in a period of my life where money is a big stressor. Me too. <laughs> I feel yeah, so it's, just like, it's, it's, I had a part-time job when I first moved out here that didn't align with a, what I wanted to do, but also my values. Like it was, in my opinion, taking advantage of independent filmmakers. And so I was like, okay, I got to get out of this as soon as I can. And then yeah. kind of like given the opportunity and quit and then was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And like <laughs> since then have been half of just hustling and doing like anything that I can and taking on odd jobs. And then those odd jobs kind of leading to things like really serendipitous and unexpected avenues that I'm now going to explore. So that's half of it. The reason and Hot girls don't gatekeep. The reason I can live in Los Angeles is
1: because I shoot weddings
0: and I would never brand myself as a wedding videographer because-
1: Yeah, that has a very specific like look and feel to it for sure.
0: It's a niche for sure. But I feel like because I started so long ago, like I started five years ago. And so now I'm really getting clients who have followed me for a long time, who know my style and know the value of my work. And so I have a decently high rate because I'm offering a very unique product at this point. That money is honestly sustaining me. If I didn't have a lot of savings, I would be freaking out. And yeah. so I came out here really prepared, knowing that my financial goal was like, okay, I don't want to have to get a real job. I want to do things that I actually want to do. And so I want to have enough money to be able to do that. Looking at this time as an investment. Yeah. I totally
1: understand that though, because I think, you know, whether you're full-time freelancing like you or me kind of working a nine to five and doing creative stuff on the side with the hope that I could get to that point eventually of like kind of full time doing creative things and freelancing and working for myself, Mm -hmm. money is just such a huge stressor. I think for anyone that's our age because i mean unless you're really just making the big bucks working for like an investment firm or something it is so crazy to be thrown out of the college world into adulthood even if you've been working and paying bills before it seems so much more stressful when it's on you to do your thing and sustain yourself just to validate you i definitely i hear you there
0: it is stressful But I love walking around my apartment and walking around my room and being like, I fund this. I do this, you know, like my mom never been to my apartment in LA. Like I did this and I fund it. It's crazy. It's like super surreal that you're like, I worked and now I have this life that I really like and I want to keep growing. And I think that's a really It's a really cool, fulfilling thing that I have to remember sometimes. Everybody's financial situation is different. And like people that are really supported by their parents, sometimes I'm like, what the Why can't (laughs) I be, you You know? But then I think about how rewarding and fulfilling it is to really feel like I'm building this myself, you know? So
1: that's on the other end of it. I I really like that because I totally relate as far as like, furnishing this house. So like Murphy and I are in the bottom floor of a duplex. It's like a little old house and it's adorable, but it definitely was a fixer-upper as far as some of the things we needed to do to make it livable when we moved in here. And all the furniture we bought ourselves, I didn't realize a couch was as expensive as it was. I'm like, people have so many couches. How do you afford to have seven couches in your house? It's like a thousand dollars. But, you know, looking around and like enjoying the space that we've furnished ourselves. is like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. like we bought that. I yeah. pulled it off the side of the road at a garage sale. It's uh-huh. just very rewarding to kind of see the physical manifestations of that. Just from following you on socials, I love your stories because you'll like, your whole storyteller vibe kind of comes through even when you're just being casual, like on your stories, like, guys, I have to tell you something. And then you like post a bunch of things of some crazy thing that you did. So I kind of just want you to talk a little bit more about that. And I guess sort of sharing the chaos that you're seeking out or, well, I guess not seeking out, but like just the spontaneity, the day-to-day craziness, like sharing that in a way that's like inviting to people. That's Mm -hmm. not really a question, but I'm just curious what you would riff off of that.
0: I've been actually trying to figure out like when I started storytelling like that and why, but I... I've always been trying to be intentional about treating everyone in my audience, yeah, even if it's like, super tiny, as my good friends. And I think, like, it's a self what is the word where it's like it's cyclical? Whenever I share, prophecy,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, whenever I share things, I connect with people that I wouldn't be able to connect with otherwise. And when I let people in, then they will DM me. And so no one sees that side of things like where people will DM me and be like, I have a similar story or I did this and you inspired me to do this and I went here. And so then when I hear that feedback, I know that people are listening and this is adding value to them. And so that's kind of why I've continued to do it because like somebody's finding value and they're like inspired by this to go do something with their life. I've honestly taken, I've, I I can't even like act like I champion this style. I mean, Miss Indie Blue (laughs) is what I've noticed about Indie that I've tried to tried to do. And and, I'm like, truly, I'm not, I'm not even going to like lie. A lot of it is smart marketing. It's just smart, like t- learning how to talk about yourself and learning how to brand yourself. Branding yes. is simply consistent expression. That's why I never shut up on Instagram because it's it's my job. It's my job to brand myself as a certain person or videographer, because you're going to hire me if you feel like you're my friend.
1: And so yeah.
0: half of it is business, but half of it is just because the way that Indy told stories, inspired the crap out of me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I just want to have stories like this in my life. And so I'm going to go put myself in situations where I can do this. And the way that she just told them always champions the other side of the screen. She'll tell you what she did and then say, you can do it too. And this can be your life. And so Whenever I tell a story, I always try to say, here's what I did. This is what you should take away from it or what I, yeah, away from it. And I think that's how you get people to actually connect to you is you just make it about them and you make it about inspiring someone rather than, you know, a lot of social media is look at me, look at me and duh, that's like why you post on social media. But I would really love to continue to build a platform that's look at me so that like, you see that you can do it too. Not to get super philosophical and like, <laughs> really, like get like, philosophical, do it. No, that's my like whole thesis of my life. This actually sums up a lot of what we've talked about. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my career for 40 years. However, I don't know what I'm supposed to do on this earth, but I think that I figured out that at the at the root of everything that really fires me up is encouragement and encouraging other people to think really big thoughts about what they can do with their life. It, it kills me to see people just settle into something because it's easy or, you know, it's yes it's what they were told to do. It it actually makes me want to cry. I'm always kind of like, is this connecting back to that thesis of encouragement and things that have always not stuck are because they don't align with that thesis. And so whatever wow. I'm supposed to do here, videography, directing, business owner, whatever, it's always going to be at that, that very, very center rock.
1: Wow. That was so well said and so powerful. And I completely <laughs> agree because I think we need more people who are empowering other people just by like being themselves, not being a motivational speaker. Those are great, but just by living your life, just inspiring others to do whatever it is they want to pursue. I think that's amazing. Last thing for now on the subject of videography and directing, I know you said you were always kind of interested in becoming a director and working with a studio potentially, but what... Initially, drew you to videography? Was it an experience that you had or a movie that you saw? Or what was, you know, the catalyst for you wanting to try it and then pursue it? I have
0: always been obsessed with documenting things like camera roll. I got like 80,000 photos. <laughs> Even when I was younger, Wanted to write everything down and kept everything in my little boxes and we'll save all the little tickets and things like that. So I've always just been a really like a nostalgic person, a very past oriented view of the world. Whatever is happening in the present is framed by what I've experienced in the past and driven to live the present so fully because one day it will be the past. That's like my driver of how I see time. But really, what sent me on the, okay, let's buy a camera. Let's start filming our life. Is just Indy's 2016 video.
1: Yes. Okay. The 2016 one is, they get better and better, but that one for me also was life-changing. Like it was just so good. I just remember
0: seeing it and, whoa, I want to live my life like this. This is awesome. And just, I think I actually saw it probably right around the time that she released it. So like New Year's. And then that summer, I remember just one of my friends being like, what if we made a really cool summer video? And I was like, yeah, let me make it like that girl. <laughs> and so made a video of, of that summer. And then from there, just realized like I can make it my job and w- went from there.
1: I I knew you were going to say indie. I was like setting you up for that because I think, I dabbled in photography and videography for the exact same reason, always very interested in record keeping and analyzing my experiences as a young person. But then seeing that was just like, whoa, this girl Mm. is not that much older than me. And she's just doing stuff with her friends and makes it look so cool. She's Mm. fully enjoying and embracing her life. And it shifted something in me too. But I remembered when you were talking what I was going to ask you about before, because you were saying just this concept of like, I want to have stories like that. I want to live my life in a way that gives me these amazing memories to look back on documented or not just thinking about your life and using that as a motivational factor to get you out the door. Some days we all Mm -hmm. have days where we would just like to sit in bed and not really do anything. And especially I think with scrolling, it's just so hard to not scroll. So I always try to motivate myself by being like, okay, no one is making movies about someone laying in their bed, scrolling on their phone. I need to just get my ass out the door mm-hmm. and do it. People should use that as yeah. something to get them up and going. Yeah. I think that you
0: have to live a good story to know a good story. I read this book called A Curious Mind by Brian Grazier. The whole main message of the book is that you don't learn how to become a storyteller by sitting in an office. And I think that it was a big turning point when I realized, okay, what the heck is the film industry doing this is why so many films are about making movies now are about being in the film industry it's because they don't know anything outside of being in film you have to live in plot you have to be the main character you have to know the side characters you have to hear you literally have to be the main character in order to understand arc and and like stakes I really believe that. You learn how to tell a good story by living good stories.
1: I even feel like this applies to popular culture and like what books people are really into and what movies people are really into. I might upset some people by saying this, but I am a hater of Colleen Hoover. I guess I'm just a spoiled brat about books because... Being an English major, I read so many good books that were not Uh, popular, but mm -hmm. it was so moving and so well written and unique and a quality reading experience that when people are like, Oh my God, It Ends With Us is the best book that was ever written. I'm like, No, it's not. Like, it's just (laughs) popular. It's popular. Uh Having to live a good story, like, I think a lot of people our age haven't lived it yet. Like, they just don't really know. They're just going through life. And I've had the really, unique and traumatic experience of losing a parent as a young child and I would never want anyone else to have to experience that but I do feel like it gave me more motivation to do the things I want to do and know that life is short and not wait for things. I feel like this concept of having to be in the plot yourself, be the main character, live the story to appreciate its value Mm -hmm. is definitely not the mainstream idea cuz i think a lot of people want to like dissociate and like live someone else's story and it's like no your story's going to be good too you just got to get out there and you know do it yeah putting yourself in
0: situations that allow good stories to unfold i think that that's a common like how do you have these crazy things happen i just show up i, I literally just show up and i talk and then things happen because this person hears that I'm from Atlanta or this person hears that I really like the desert and they're going out to the desert this weekend and I should come and uh, okay <laughs> come you know most of the battle is just showing up i always remember when i'm in this point where i don't want to go i don't want to go to the event i'm tired of networking i don't want to talk and like i'm scared you know i don't yeah. i don't want to go talk to new people or show up alone and it's always the things that i almost don't go to. I almost didn't go to this event. And this person that I met at this event changed my entire life. Yeah. It's always the things that you almost don't go to. And so every time I'm about to be like, eh, I think I'm just going to skip out on it. You just never know what is going to happen if you just show up.
1: So I think that is the definition of gumption. I think a lot of things you said inherently are very gumptioned from this whole conversation but that in itself put the fear the anxiety like a lot of times for me it's the doubt in my own abilities do they want me to be there I don't know and then you kind of almost back away well maybe no one will care if I don't show up no you have to go because even if it sucks you at least can use that as I did that you know and I think that there's just this attitude right now where people are more okay with not going and not doing and being scared and all those normal feelings that everyone has letting it take over you we just have to stop doing that (laughs) like I'm guilty myself but definitely I always think it's like
0: why are you scared to walk into this room if you have the power to influence the energy in the room you are you and you are walking into this space and you have the power to make a positive impact on everybody else there. Stop making it about, is everybody looking at me? Does anybody care that I'm here? Make it about everybody else. And then all the pressure off of, oh no, what if they don't want me here? No, I have an opportunity to make a positive impact on everybody in this room. So let me use that as a way to put that. Nobody's looking at you. You know, that other Emma Chamberlain quote, it's like, nobody's watching you. Nobody cares what you do, you know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. I like that because it puts the power back in your hands. You have the ability to influence people by your personality and your energy and the vibe that you're bringing to that space. And I definitely do hear when people say and think this is totally valid, entering spaces and feeling like this space was not made for me. Like, this is not a space that I feel welcome in or whatever, but also... There's so many great quotes about if you don't have a space for you, make the space. Sometimes you have to be the first person in the room and that's okay. It's going to be a little lonely and scary at first, but then who knows who could walk in that door looking at it from the other side. Someone could come into that room and change your life. So I, I like that because it definitely is more action oriented. I try to like share on gumption is very much you have the power and the control to Move your own life forward and you don't have to wait for someone else to pull you through. You've shared a lot of gumption mindset, but if there was one specific memory or something that you really felt like showed gumption, let's hear it.
0: I thought, I think I could take this in two ways. There is one specific story where I really felt like I had a bunch of courage and just was like, I'm making this happen no matter what. And then there's the moving to LA story, which throughout the past five years, I've had to have a lot of gumption with, and I'll kind of tell both. So the first was kind of like a more fun story. A couple years ago, me and Adeline, same roommate that I shot the Does She Know video with, she was shooting a different music video in Joshua Tree and we were super young. We were 20. We had no experience like doing any kind of real producing for like a project that was pretty ambitious. And we ended up finding, we needed a vintage car. We rented one the day before, drove it out to Joshua Tree and it broke down on the way out oh my god (laughs) we took two cars somebody else drove the vintage car out and we took our other car while we were there the director was kind of like well we need a vintage car and i was like well damn i'm gonna find a vintage car around this town and i left the location where we were shooting and i was like i'm just gonna go into the walmart parking lot and be like hey can we use your car for a little bit (laughs) like and i went up to this guy in a bronco and i was like crazy question But like, I've got to make this work. You know, can I use your car for like two hours? And he's like, oh, no, I'm going out of town. But go to the Carl's Jr. It's Sunday morning. And every Sunday morning, these dudes sit out with all their vintage cars. Oh, my God. (laughs) It wasn't Carl's Jr. I don't know what it was. But like, he he basically said, go sit out there. And they drink coffee. And they just look at all their cars. Well, I pulled up. And there they all were. Oh, my God. Hey, guys um crazy thing but can we use your car for a music video and i just remember in that moment being like these are the the building blocks that like this is how you build confidence and this is how you build story like this is a good story you know and I, yeah like i just remember like having a ton of courage to do that and ask and the guy did end up u- letting us use his car so worked out for me and i just felt like dang, I can do anything, you know, (laughs) but that's like the specific memory. I think though the bigger story has been moving to LA and how much I've really had to work to be here. I knew like five years ago that I wanted to move here. And ever since then, like it's been on my mind every single day. And I think when pe- people always say like, oh, when you really want something and you actually get it, it's never as good as you think it's going to be. It's not been like that. It's been just as great as I thought it was going to be. It's been better. It, every day I wake up like incredibly grateful to be here because I know how hard I work to be here. Coming here, investing in the city, like investing my time here to really make the transition as smooth as possible. And that never, that never wavered. I dated a guy for four years in college. And when I was 18, I was like, well, if you want to date me, you have to know that I'm moving to LA when I'm 22 and you're going to come or you're not. And I, I'm not going to change that. Like it yeah, doesn't it's matter. A deal breaker. I'm doing this. Join me or don't like, like I'm be- doing it. He's awesome. He was cool with it. But I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. And that, and the fact that that never wavered, first of all, is rare for me because normally when I decide I'm going to do something, a lot of times there's multiple kind of cycles of wait, let's backtrack. Wait, let's think about logic. I actually overthink it, but this has never wavered. I mean, I came out here for a summer and sat on the Santa Monica Pier crying because I wanted to go home and I felt alone and I was living with two old random men in an Airbnb extended stay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just so scared. And now the other day I was like on this rooftop looking out. I wish I could go show her a picture of you did it and you have your own apartment and you pay for it. Going through that whole summer and going through that process of feeling alone and being scared equipped you to be here now. It's just always a full circle moment. Every day I just stand in awe that I I did it. So I'm giving myself a lot of room to just be in celebration. I'm allowed to have days where all I do is have fun here because I'm really hard to be here, you know, and I'm allowed to celebrate that. I'm also allowed to like sit in my apartment all day because I pay for this place you know <laughs> whatever you want to do right now in
1: celebration of being here I'm I'm gonna let myself do it you know <laughs> as you should I forget which comedian said this but I saw a comedian was like I sometimes I just stand in the corner of my room because I pay for that corner <laughs> and I was like yeah That's
0: so
1: <laughs> um yeah but oh my gosh I just I love that and I'm like so happy for I mean we literally just met but I'm happy for you because you can hear when you talk about it that it's just it's something that's been on your mind and you've been working for it and even when there was like doubt you never like took the dream off the shelf and put it away if you just keep working towards it like it will happen and no one said it's gonna be easy yeah that's my thing I'm like whoever told you that it was gonna be easy like just scratch that because it never is easy but that doesn't mean that it's not worth it and it's not worth celebrating. And I just think that's like, oh, like I, I love celebrating too. I celebrate everything. Yeah, so like
0: I'm in my celebration era, yes, I'm doing things for fun just to celebrate being here, you know?
1: Yeah. I, oh my gosh. That warmed my heart seriously, because it's oh. so <laughs> true. I don't know why people are very judgy about the environments that other people are in. It's like, if you're making the best of your own life and seeking out the experiences in your circle and beyond that's really all you could ask for <laughs> like mm-hmm.
0: whatever gives you peace why do you care if something gives somebody else peace and happiness then like amazing
1: end of conversation I really appreciate you sharing that because I just think LA is like such a in my mind it's such a caricature of a city just from like what we see in movies and like I've been to LA I have a cousin that lives in Manhattan Beach so Mm -hmm. I visited but it's just so full of dreamers and I think while that is a cliche it's also very true and I love the intersection that's what people think of it as but also it is the reality it's been the safest place like
0: I'm around people who just get it I have this thing that I'm working towards. I want to do this thing that I love every single day. A lot of people don't have an end goal. It's just like, I just am passionate about this thing. And this is the place that I get to do it. And you don't have to explain to people the fear. And my favorite thing is like, whenever people are like, what do you do for work? It's the like, "Wow!" Oh. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, you don't need to say anything else. I understand. Everybody here does like 80 things and... It's been so amazingly life-giving to be surrounded by people who understand this life and who are also seeking to make the most of every day and opportunity that they're given. And oh, I live here because I love the people and the energy. Not necessarily because it's by the beach and it's sunny. That's yeah. Awful, but like- Yeah, that's a bonus. That's an added bonus. (laughs) Yeah. It's about being around the build. It's being in the build with all of these people. And I love the build.
1: I think that's what life's all about too. I know people are like, oh, it's the journey that's like more important than the destination, which generally I think is true. That's definitely Mm -hmm. oversaid, but it's the energy of that, of being in community with people who want to create and experience and all these things like That itself is something really important. Maybe you'll all branch off and have these amazing things you produce or a career or whatever, but that memory and that time period itself is something worth celebrating and an accomplishment. I was looking online to try to find this because when I visited my cousin in 2019, I saw this mural and I had it as my phone background for the last three years because it was so beautiful. But it said, this must be the place. And it was just this beautiful mural. I loved it so much. I think it was in Hermosa Beach. It just spun me into this reflection because I was like, oh my God, it's so intangible. And those words together, it's this sense of living in the present and a place that you're in being really special, even Mm -hmm. if it's just for right now.
0: This summer I'm doing, I'm going to push my own YouTube content. That's like So I'm going to actually start telling my chaotic stories on YouTube, packaged for YouTube rather than just putting them on Instagram. So my big next project. And I'm really excited about it. The biggest book that has like changed my life as a storyteller has been A Curious Mind by Brian Grazier. There's a quote at the end of it that's like, I don't know where good ideas come from. I just know that if I keep listening to people and I keep going and living a good story that I'll find it and I'll know one when I see one. If you are a, a storyteller type, I recommend that book so much. Just stay inspired. Just do things simply because they inspire you. And go to places just because it feels right. And you don't have to have an excuse to do anything. It can just be, oh, I was inspired to do it. And I think that's another thing about living in LA is like, I am daily shooting with my camera and inspired by the space that I'm in and have tried to make my, I know it looks like I'm in like a white wall right now, but like <laughs> the side of my room is like very inspiring and very fun. Create spaces and spaces in your mind and spaces physically and spaces socially that are inspiring and uplifting to you, so.
1: That is perfect. I completely agree. It's just all Bye. about making your little cave of inspiration Inspiration and then, like, you know, going out into the world and finding those places too. I wanted to show you. I have your sticker on my.
0: <laughs> oh! Wait, wait, we hold it up again. Cute. Okay, got
1: it. I love that it's on the phone. That's perfect because then it's in all the mirror selfies too.
0: I got some advice a couple years ago that was like, market yourself like you are bat shit crazy and I like that <laughs> I and ran with it and I think it's funny to be like yes I am crazy that is the whole point I, and I, I have, have a a sticky note on my mirror that says be cringy be cringy today no one cares I and love that be cringy it doesn't matter that's like a big hurdle that I'm trying to work through right now I like it's okay if someone thinks that you're cringy. It doesn't matter.
1: I so think that might be happen. the title of this episode. Like, be cringy. There were so many good quotes. I'm going to have to really struggle to find the proper title. Thing is, like, I love to talk.
0: Like, I love to be cringy. <laughs> and so when you asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, yes, <laughs> I love to talk. A
1: new friend alert. Okay, guys. Our conversation at the end of this interview was so hilarious because it was fully just like, ADHD to the max, both of us just bouncing off of different topics and there were like 20 additional minutes of us just chatting about life and like how excited we were about the projects that we were working on. I'm really, really grateful to Elena for being down to be on this podcast with a complete stranger who I now consider a friend and I hope you guys enjoyed this very uplifting, action-oriented interview. I left this conversation feeling like I wanted to run out the door and go on an adventure and I hope that is the feeling that you all were left with too, whether that's to document your daily life, your crazy moments, to take some time and reflect on what it is that you really want, those crazy dreams that you want to chase and not let be compromised by anybody or just the desire to have that deep conversation with someone in your life and really connect with them. As always, don't forget to follow our Instagram at gumptionpod. I will be sharing the cover photo of season two very, very soon with you all and launching our new look, new colors, new vibe, everything that we love about Gumption just better. That is coming soon as well. And in between this very bittersweet ending and the new beginning there is going to be so much cool shit on there you do not want to miss as well as opportunities to really interact with me give your input on the things you really want to hear in season two and connect with each other for now this is your host lil and i am signing off on season one of gumption the podcast but this is not the end this is only the beginning from the bottom of my heart thank you guys so much love you guys bye (laughs)